For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Three, two, one. Soothing musical. Yeah, it's so weird. I like it. Like, didn't pop up until like said three two, and like my screen froze. So I'm like, I don't know when. I just kind of saw you swooning. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna hope that the swooning means it's almost over here. So that said, welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to break down the two big games of the weekend. Um, and and kind of give our perspective on those two things, and then we're going to be out the door. We're going to keep it short and sweet for you guys today. Um, I'm rather tired from watching way too many movies over the last three days, four days, however many days. I, I've literally lost count of what day it is. But as always, I'm joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, well, you've been making your way through Sundance. I've been making my way through the Academy Award-nominated shorts. Um, some interesting stuff in there. My year yeah. of the dick or whatever. How's that for you? Uh, I I did watch that one. It wasn't uh, as exciting as I had hoped. That's funny. That's funny. Um, obviously, last week, um, some good games. Not some some not so good games uh, transpired. Obviously, we had the Chiefs beat the Jaguars in a game of which I still believe the Jaguars should have won that football game. I can't believe they didn't. Um, I believe they should have won that football game. And then, of course, the Giants became the Giants, and um, Daniel Jones sucks. I've been saying Daniel Jones sucks. He's not the guy. And they're going to have to pay. They're about to pay him to be the guy. It, this this reminds me eerily of, I like to bring this up, as the Blake Bortles situation in Jacksonville. The year they made it to the AFC title game, they should have moved on to a different quarterback. But instead, they brought him back because he made it to the AFC title game. And then the rest is history. The team went downhill since then. Of course, they've made it back since, but not through their old, you know, tumultuous downfall. But uh, that said, the Bengals not only beat the Bills, but they manhandled the Bills in Buffalo in one of the, uh, obviously, probably the most surprising game of the weekend, just based on how they just physically beat the brakes off of them, even after coming off a week where we even talked about it on the show last week, where Joe Burrow had gotten knocked around by the Baltimore Ravens, and they only sacked him one one time in that game this past week. But uh, I don't know, man. I like Josh Allen a lot, but man, that was a that was tough to watch for him. Like you know what I mean? I, and and it's kind of crazy. And then of course the 49ers went in and you know didn't really surprise anybody um, and beat the Dallas Cowboys in a game that. I think the Dallas Cowboys should have won. Um, I think it's a game that they controlled the narrative the way that they wanted to. Um, Brock Purdy looked like, exactly like why he's a seventh-round draft pick for a majority of that game. And, um, yeah, I think I think we had two definitive knockout games where the 
where teams dominated. And then I think we had two games where I think the other teams were in position to win and they just couldn't pull it out. Fox, what were your thoughts on the weekend events? Let's see, you know, I think this has happened to us the last few years. The wild card weekend was incredible. You had six, yeah. what ended up being really close, competitive, fun games. And it gets you hyped. And I feel like the divisional round every year is kind of a letdown. I would say there was only charitably one decent game out of the four. And that was the Jaguars chiefs. And probably largely because of Mahomes' injury, the chiefs offense was not quite as dynamic. And then like what you said, the Jaguars seemed to be going down. They were going to put real pressure on the chiefs down the stretch. And you had that horrendous turnover from Agnew and then right back with an interception. And that just kind of sucked all the air out of the Jaguars. The Eagles are a better team. Um, I don't dislike uh, Daniel Jones the same way you do. I don't think they surrounded him with a lot of pieces. That Kenny Galladay deal never really worked out. He was out there throwing to Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. Nobody had them on the short list going in. And the Eagles are a very good team that were built to win. The only question why people thought that game might be closer is because some people refused to accept the Vikings were frauds, especially on defense. So what the the Giants did the week before, had them hyped, and we weren't sure about Jalen Hurts. As soon as they came out and I saw what Hurts looked like, I was like, oh, this is going to be like the first matchup between the Eagles and the Giants when Hurts was perfectly healthy, and it was 48-22 and wasn't even that close. The biggest surprise, you're right, was Cincinnati and Buffalo, and I don't know what's going on with Buffalo. They've been incredibly flat since all that happened with Tamar Hamlin, and maybe it was just too much emotionally i also think the bills like fantasy owners bet big that gabe davis was going to be the man and you just don't consistently see it buffalo has not really been able to develop a running game outside of josh allen and probably most disappointingly they had zero pass rush i know von miller is out but they they've spent a lot of draft picks and a lot of work building that defensive line with a cincinnati offensive line missing three three key starters, including both tackles, they were getting zero pressure on Joe Burrow and they couldn't stop the running game to save their lives. And that really kind of spelled doom for them. Uh, and then the last game, a lot of people were comparing that 49ers Cowboys game to the jokes we were making about the Thursday night football slate. And it had a very Thursday night football feel. Um, Dallas, Dallas is another one. They bet big on Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz over Amari Cooper. And I think we've seen throughout the season that's been a bit of a struggle. When they lost Tony Pollard, they didn't really have any kind of game change explosive option out of the backfield. Ezekiel Elliott just isn't that anymore. Um, so Dallas has some hard questions they're going to have to ask. The 49ers did enough to win. Uh, and I think we end up with two potentially compelling matchups in the championship games. Hopefully we get a couple of better, closer games. Yeah, it's interesting to me because, um, you know, the Eagles kind of did what I would have expected them to do if I knew, like, Hurts was 100% healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I was kind of viewing it kind of like what everybody else was in the perspective that Hurts might not be 100% healthy. Um, obviously we've seen the videos come out about Patrick Mahomes. You know, he has the high ankle sprain. The videos look great. You know what I mean? But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. That's, you don't have 300 pound man chasing down after you. He looked twisting you to the ground. Exactly. He, he looked noticeably rough. 
in the second half of that game, he couldn't really, you know, he's, you know, he's still Patrick Mahomes in some aspects. I understand that, but um, obviously you're going in and you're facing a much better team in Cincinnati and a team that has your number. You know what I mean? They really do. So it's definitely interesting to see how that'll fold. So what do you think Matthew Fox of that game? So I think, uh, one of the things that you end up seeing probably a little bit why Mahomes looked a little stilted in that second half is they will tape that ankle up pretty significantly. I would imagine they're going to uh, tape it up pretty significantly again. Uh, Kansas City, another team that doesn't have a consistent uh, run game to fall back on. I like what Pacheco's done. I like Jarek McKinnon as a pass catcher. I mean, but you don't, their power running isn't their thing. Fortunately for them, they don't rely as much as like a Buffalo does on Mahomes running. Um, And they've worked significantly to build up their offensive line. Um, On the flip side, Cincinnati still has those questions about their offensive line. Buffalo couldn't get to them. Can Kansas City? Joe Burrow's one and seven in his career if he's sacked five or more times. So that's the question. Can you get to him? Because he's 23 and four if it's four or less. That's been the challenge for Kansas City. They haven't really been able to apply consistent pressure on Burrow and the matchups that they've had. All of their matchups have been very close. I don't think this one's going to be a blowout either way. But I think Cincinnati, you know, maybe we weren't giving them enough benefit of the doubt. They were the AFC representative to the Super Bowl last year. Even going into the season, a lot of people thought, oh, it's going to be Baltimore winning the division. Cincinnati would probably make it as a wild card, but they were lucky with what they did last year. I think we've seen consistently over two years now, it wasn't luck. They're a team that's built well, and they're a team that's built well to compete. They probably should have been. Uh, you know, and after seeing last week, they probably would have gotten that win and would have gone in as the second seed in the AFC if those games had all played out. They might have had an outside shot at being the number one overall seed. They've beaten they've beaten Patrick Mahomes three times in a row with Joe Burrow. I think all the people that just want to say it, the Chiefs are at home and that makes a big difference, that hasn't made a difference in all the games they've played so far. A couple of those have been in Kansas City. I think Cincinnati has a very real threat, and that's actually my pick for the AFC. If Mahomes was 100%, maybe – since you know maybe Kansas City gets past them, but I, there are teams that you just don't match up well against, and I think we've seen over the course of a couple of years that the the matchups and the rosters they have, Cincinnati matches up well against Kansas City and can thwart what Kansas City is trying to do better than Kansas City can thwart what they are trying to do. I think the thing about this game the most is I think they're gonna. This is the first game might be all year where they'll miss Tyree or Tyree Kill. I really feel like this will be a game where they truly miss Tyreek Hill on the football field because outside of Kelsey, they don't have that groundbreaking playmaker. Like last week, I mean, Kelsey had 8,000 catches in that game. You know what I mean? Against the Jaguars. The Jaguars, no matter what they did, they could not for the life of them stop Kelsey. And it wasn't like he had a billion yards, but he had 14 catches for 98 yards. Like nobody else on that, you know, Terry had five, Tony had five catches for 36 yards, but nobody really made an impact in that game outside of 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 Kelsey but I think this is going to be the first game where they really miss Tyreek Hill's explosiveness that they don't have on that offense um I think that the the Chiefs are a detriment to themselves because they refuse to run the ball um I'm not saying they have a great run game 
but I think they have a mix of backs that could really define a running game. At the same time, they just refuse to run the ball. And I think part of that is the Patrick Mahomes effect. And I think that's also a reason why we see them kind of struggle in big games because I understand wanting to be the guy, but sometimes you've got to rely on your other guys to help you become that guy. And, and you even saw it a little bit in the second half, Pacheco, like when he ran that ball against Jacksonville, he ran that ball. That was like a 40 yard gain or whatever it was. That was, why did they not put him in space a little bit more? Like I didn't realize how fast he was in game until that moment you know what i mean like it's one of those things where i don't understand why they're not putting you know i i think the big thing is he's just not involved in the passing game and he's not a great pass blocker which for for an offense like kansas city limits when you can put him out well it's like mixing mixing got damn near got joe burrow killed last week because he's a terrible that's why you see so much you've seen so much samaj p ryan lately exactly because he's a lights lights out and and to me it's crazy to see the fluctuation of this line it opened chiefs two and a half i think it was it went all the way around to Bengals minus one and a half but now it's swung all the way back in favor of the Chiefs that they're sitting at minus one favorites right now. Um, it's crazy to see how much the money has shifted this because a lot of people were initially in on Burrow, but then they were like, oh my God, you're about to make Patrick Mahomes an underdog. And it reminds me of this matchup reminds me of Peyton versus Brady when yeah. the Colts could just not beat the Patriots to go and to that's- the Super Bowl. That's kind of how I feel about both of these games. They both should be fairly even, but I think the Chiefs and the Eagles have earned the right to be like a minus one, minus one and a half favorite. Yeah, I'm surprised that the Eagles are two and a half point favorites because I do believe that the 49ers match up very well against against the Eagles. They really do. And I'm not sure the Eagles defense matches up very well with the weapons. That it, because the thing about it is like, it's so crazy because you have an explosive Devonte Smith. You have an AJ Brown who's explosive, but he's also, you know, physical, but like on the 49er side of things, there's so many different guys that are so like, have totally different. Cause I feel like Samuel and AJ Brown are kind of the same in that physical. Obviously Samuel gets the ball a lot more out of the backfield and stuff like that but it's it's going to be it's going to be a very physical matchup between those two teams and i don't know man i'm 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 struggling on this one because i'm actually struggling on both games i think both i'm really just honestly i really at the end of the day i don't care who wins i mean obviously i prefer the Bengals to win but i just i just want some good football games man that's all i really i don't want to see blowouts you know what i mean like i that's all i'm rooting for this weekend yeah so for I guess the standard is, um, you know, with games where you think they're fairly even, you line them up. So we'll start the AFC. I would say that if you're looking at quarterbacks, that's a wash for the AFC teams. I'm not giving an edge. Running backs, I'd give a slight edge to Cincinnati because I like mixing it a little bit better. Receivers, also slight edge to Cincinnati. Um, defense might also be a slight edge to Cincinnati. Both of them have secondary question marks, but I like – the pressure that Cincinnati's put head coach would be an edge to the Chiefs. And that's where I think, you know, Cincinnati gets to win. In the NFC game, quarterback, the edge to me is clear to Hurts. That's yeah, an advantage, Philly. Running back is clear 
to the 49ers because they not only have McCaffrey, they have Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. Receivers, I actually think that's a slight edge to Philadelphia. I like A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard as a unit slightly oh, above Debo, really, Samuel, Ayuk, yeah. and Kittle. Um, defense is somewhat of a wash, but I'll give a slight edge to San Francisco. And coaching, maybe no, – coaching, so. I have no idea exactly <laughs> – that's what Shanahan am I wild card. What yeah. Shanahan am I getting? So ultimately, I think that game ends up pretty close, but it's been a wonderful ride for Brock Purdy. Um, I a lot is made of San Francisco's defense. Philly's defense was more opportunistic with sacks and turnovers, and those would be a couple of red flags. I know everybody talks about how Purdy didn't turn it over last week. If he was playing a real defense, he would have had two yeah. because he put it right in the breadbasket of Trayvon yeah. Diggs. If you do that to Darius Slay, he's Ball he's game. keeping that ball. Yeah. Um, and Philly, I think, is going to be able to get more pressure to the way Micah Parsons was throwing Mike McGlinchey around and stuff. Philly has quite a few people on the front line that are big boys, and they have a very strong rotation that I like as well. I think the Eagles get the win here. I think it's been a great season for Jalen Hurts. If he's not the NFL MVP, then I would be greatly disappointed. You know, I'm happy Burrow's in the talk. Josh Allen had some good points this season. Holmes had some good points. No, it's Jalen Hurts. Nobody meant more to their team than Jalen Hurts. And when he did taking a leap they forward. Put up, they put up 40 points against the Cowboys with, with Minshew. I mean, so sort of the Jaguars put up 40 against the Cowboys with, with their offense. I mean, the Cowboys were letting – they went through a stretch of defense. I'm not disagreeing. Allowed. I just they allowed everyone took, to score. You took Hurts out of the game in one in the, in the first game, you and they didn't win the any of the games that he was not out there, and they were in I danger mean, of games. losing a number I mean, one seed. They, they were competitive. One as a starter, historical kind of offensive production in terms of what they got with Smith, AJ Brown, and Miles Sanders. To me, there's no debate. It's I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Mahomes has more total touchdowns, like by by a dozen, by half a dozen. I mean, sorry, I, I don't know. I, he's got forty-one touchdowns, twelve picks, four rushing. He's got forty. Voting for Mahomes is the equivalent of looking at a ballot and seeing Michael Jordan or LeBron James' name uh, and just checking it off without thinking about what they meant to the team. He had the best year of his career, but best year since two thousand eighteen. That MVP, that massive year he had. Anyone for Mahomes is a coward. Anyone who votes for Mahomes is sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For one hundred and thirty more, you'll be a swole member. And for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy. Always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. He's a coward. That's no, I, I totally. He had a way better year. Nope, he's, you're he's a coward. Just accept it. I hate my Pat. I'm not a Patrick Mahomes guy. And he had a he's had a better year. You must like weapons. every referee in the NFL less is not a Chiefs fan. He has less weapons than Jalen Hurts does. And and I'm telling you right now. He had 45 touchdowns to 
Um, but to Jalen Hurts is 35, I think it is. Oh, I'm just kidding. The final four that they gave for MVP, the only one that Justin I would be Jefferson disappointed if I, he wasn't in it. I thought it was uh, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, and Hurts were the final four for MVP. Is it? I thought. Uh, I think Jefferson is player offensive player. player of the year. Okay. Yeah. In terms of that, actually, in terms of the MVP, any one of them that won it outside of Josh Allen, I think, would be fine. I love Josh Allen as much as the next person, but he did not have a spectacular year. Seven. Give me this. I wholeheartedly disagree that Jalen Hurts is MVP. Maybe if he would have finished the season, I, I I might be on board with you. But I mean, we're looking at several games where he had had zero touchdown passes struggled every statistical category except for rushing he is outdone patrick mahomes has a better completion percentage has a better qbr has more touchdown passes more 2000 more yards i can't believe i'm defending patrick mahomes on this podcast i'm emotionally distraught it's okay to be on the losing side. You have been a lot this year. Forty. He has forty five hundred total yards in the year, which is still six hundred less yards than he had. His last two games of the season, um, last two games of the season, he played zero touchdowns, three interceptions, less than six. He had a fifty eight percent completion percentage. Not MVP. Wouldn't he? I wouldn't not MVP. I agree though, he should probably be set. I mean, he's probably second. I mean, that's obvious. I think it might probably maybe second. I don't know. It's kind of weird that Justin Jefferson is off. Is in the, I mean, I don't get me wrong, he had a great year, but I don't know how he is that much ahead of some of these other receivers to be the offensive player of the year. I don't see it. I, I, Devontae Adams, to me, had an equally as good season, maybe less yardage, sure, but he had six more touchdowns. Averaged, I think, was it probably uh, – hang on a second here. I didn't see what their average yards per catch was, but I don't know. How do you feel about that? About what? About, about Jefferson being there at the Offensive Player of the Year conversation. Um. I mean, he put up some incredible numbers, but to me that's all Minnesota's offense was, was incredible numbers. But Josh Jacobs, I mean, why, is it, is Josh, why isn't Josh Jacobs in the conversation for Offensive Player of the Year? 2,000 yards. I feel time. like Offensive Player of the Year tends to go to the marquee wide receiver because wasn't it Cooper Cup last year? Well, I mean, Cooper Cup had an incredible year. I didn't. I wasn't. I know it. It just feels like it tends. But MVP tends. Henry, to be, I think uh, Henry won it the year before that. Right? MVP so. tends to be a quarterback award and offensive player of the year. Probably the running back or receiver, but sometimes, most of the time, it's yeah. receiver because unless you're like, unless you do something historical, wasn't that like Henry had the two thousand two thousand something yeah, yards? Yeah. yeah so. And that was the year Tennessee. That was one of the years Tennessee ran to a number one seed and stuff. And then lost. Well, I'm not saying all these are regular season awards, though. Too, they don't. They're not supposed to be taking into account what you do in the postseason. Well, yeah, yeah. I no, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I was more disappointed. Offensive Rookie of the Year that Tyler Algier didn't make the final 
um, grouping. I can't believe Brock Purdy's here. That is such bullshit. Where's where where Algier came from as a as a draft pick and what he ended up doing and having a over thousand yard season averaging almost five. He was my pick at the end of the year when I was just looking at numbers and I saw, Oh, he didn't even make the final three. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I can't Purdy's there. I I don't believe, I don't agree with Purdy being there. I I think Garrett Wilson will probably end up taking that. And he did have some eye popping. um, I would have put in there before I would have put Brock Purdy there. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Algier, though, I agree with you. I forget, I forget he's quarterbacks. a quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, man. I know. Watch them randomly give it to Purdy just because. So I am – I think it got Your lost. Eagles I'm taking Eagles-Bengals. Yeah. I'm going to go 49ers-Chiefs. Just to be contrarian or because you actually believe it? I, believe, I do believe the 49ers are going to win, I think. I, I believe I believe they're going to win. I do. I think it's going to yeah. come down to. Let me tell you, if they make it to the Super Bowl, people are going to forget this is a regular season award. Brock Purdy is definitely your offense. <laughs> <laughs> right for real though, you're not you're not kidding. Uh, I think I think the forty I think that the Forty ers are going to win. I think it'll be a close game. I think they win late. Um, I give the slight edge to Shanahan for being there, which scares me because. Oh yeah, saying I, that is terrible. It's not an incredible coaching matchup from that standpoint because, as much as you worry about what my friend Bruning likes to call Kyle shenanigans because of some of the things he does, I don't know that I'll ever be able to fully trust Nick Sirianni. No, it's weird, and I, and I think I think it's just going to come down to just the 49ers making one more play. Um, and I think that I think it's I think it's the 49ers year to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I do believe that whoever comes out of the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl. I know a lot of people want the uh, Burrow versus Hurts rematch from college, obviously. So, yeah, and that that would be. I want Burrow to win a Super Bowl just because of all the people that criticized him coming out of college. Uh, and I think that would end up being a pretty. Uh pretty good matchup it is welcome to my nightmare the water is warm but that's what i think we're getting <laughs> speaking of which folks over the next couple of weeks obviously we've got the the off week between the super bowl we've got some fun stuff coming to you i don't know what it is yet um obviously fox is going to start dissecting some of his uh dynasty rankings as we move into the off season which i'm very excited to um fox knows this obviously because you know i you know the ranking seems hard for me because you know i don't you know, I'm not as invested into the fantasy football as I once was, but Fox, man, the, the way he pumps it out. But I'm I'm excited to kind of dive into that and see where his head's at and some of these quarterbacks. I plan on taking a look and having Matthew Fox completely dissect me talking about quarterbacks. I think what we're going to do is I think this would be fun. Each week, Fox will like unveil his top 10 fantasy uh, players, and I'll unveil my top 10 of what I feel like on the field are versus that and then i'm gonna dissect his list and he can dissect my list which means i'll have to share my list with him ahead of time which we typically don't do i think that could be, <laughs> be fun just you sharing your dynasty list or you know fantasy rankings i share my actual list and we go over them for you guys and uh give thoughts on each other's list i think that could be a lot of fun and uh, maybe we could, uh, you know, when, maybe when we do uh, the offseason officially hits and free agency, 
start to hit. Maybe we need to do our uh, series where we talk about the greatest of all times because I know. sparks the debate of, especially when we talk about how overrated some of those quarterbacks in the 90s were. Um, question for you. You do agree that Troy Eggman is incredibly overrated, right? Um, I liked Troy Eggman. I think I had him somewhere close to my top 10 list. Oh, my God. I want to fucking go jump off a bridge after you said that. He was awful. He was an awful. He's a mediocre quarterback on a very, very good team. If anybody understands mediocrity, it's Troy Eggman. It's Cowboys fans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those those jokes those jokes like uh, about Dak Prescott's girlfriend breaking up with him have been incredible. Like I, I feel bad for that Prescott after the back to back of watching my my closet affinity teams Buffalo and Dallas just die on Sunday. I, I had to take like a, a break from not not anything. only was it like the same week, it was back to back games for you. You know what I mean? That's what that's what made it the worst. <sighs> yeah. Also, I do want to mention I we haven't really haven't prepared anything for the movie corner, but we could talk about a few things. Uh, but before we do, I want to mention my friends over at Magic Mind. I'll tell you what, after I stopped using it, I have noticed I'm I'm about to place another order. I have to, because whenever I, I, this Sundance has been brutal and I wish I would have had magic. I wish I would have saved this for the, um, you know, saved it for this time frame because as you guys know, for the last, I don't know, five or six days, whatever day it was um, since those days of, of covering Sundance, um, what happened was, is it's been very tiring. I've watched around, I don't know, 25 films since Saturday and it's been rough. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. It's been very rough. Just trying to stay focused, stay, t- you know, not tired because as I'm covering this stuff, most of you guys do know, I'm, you know, I write reviews and stuff like that from many different publications across the board. But what has made it hard was just trying to stay focused and try to stay honed in. And it's been rough. So I just want to thank my friends at Magic Mind because not only do they have me reeled in, I'm going to go back in because I'm going to use our promo code. We head over to magicmind.co backslash ranch. You get 40% off your first subscription or you get 20% off your first purchase. Like I said, I can't, again, if you watch me, you guys know how honest I am about certain things. I'm not going to lie. I love Magic Mind and the stuff works very well and it was very useful. And ever since I've been off of it, it's it, I've had a noticeable difference. So like I said, 21st, 20% code, use promo code RANCH at checkout for 40% off your first subscription or 20% off your code. With that said, I'm looking to dive into our movie corner. Real cheap plug right out the gate for each and every one of you. It's slightly late because I know a guy that's running behind this week because of the festival, but my good friend... Mr. Matthew Fox was on this film not rated podcast talking about Megan. It dropped this morning over on the YouTube channel or anywhere you listen to podcasts. He joined Curtis and Eric over there to talk about that. Very exciting um, uh, to check that out here in a little while. Also this week, if you missed it, Matthew Fox and I did a live reaction show to the 2023 Oscar nominations. That was a lot of fun. We got up bright eyed early and bushy tailed. For that one, so that was kind of exciting. Um, it was just us, we won it, and uh, a lot of fun comments, a lot of you know, a lot of RR love there. Um, tomorrow on Apple TV Plus, you have Shrinking Dropping 
cannot recommend this show enough. I'm ready for Matthew Fox to watch it. So next week on next week's show, we can talk about it a little bit um, during this movie corner. Um, let's see here. What else do we have here that we uh, that I'm, I'm forgetting? We uh, Shotgun Wedding is releasing on Prime Video. Is it a great movie? Absolutely not. But is it absolutely a blast? Yes, it is. I had so much fun with it. Um, you know, Josh Demel and, and Jennifer Lopez are the kings of the rom-com. They've been doing it for quite a while. You throw in some interesting spins and mixes, and it makes it a little bit more fun. Fox, tell me, outside of the, the Oscar stuff, have you watched anything good on the TV with new TV shows? Um, today on Hulu, the 1619 Project documentary dropped. Um, if you haven't read that book, it's a very fascinating uh, book. Started as a series of essays in the New York Times. They adapted it into a book. And now in miniseries form, they're going to do two episodes a week for the next three weeks, I believe. Uh, two episodes are up. I've I'm almost through the second one. I uh, was enjoying that. I'm curious to see Ryan Johnson's Poker Face dropped this morning uh, with Natasha Leone on uh, Peacock. Should be fun. Um, you know, I know you saw the movie You People, which drops on Netflix tomorrow. And, of course, Infinity Pool, which uh, is out in theaters if uh, you hate your life. Yeah, I... Um, I'm excited for Poker Face. I, I haven't had a chance to watch that one yet. I did start uh, Wolfpack. Did you watch that yet? No. I uh, I watched the uh, I watched for, I've seen I've seen quite a few episodes. I couldn't tell what it was about exactly, and I was like, I don't know. I, I haven't been able to really kind of dive into a whole. I've watched a couple episodes of it. I'm going to cover it over at Ready City Crap. I kind of like it. It's kind of tongue in cheek. I did watch the Teen Wolf movie. Um, I never watched the TV show, and Me either. Uh, you have to watch the TV show to understand the movie. Um, my wife watched the TV show and sat next to me and had to literally dissect the entire movie for me as I watched it. I'm going to watch it blind. I don't care. I'm not going I mean, back. That's what I did, too. Bam TV show. If your movie's not accessible, then your movie sucks. Uh, that's exactly what I said. That's what exactly what I said. I mean, you have to be able to do both. You have to be able to like watch the movie for somebody that has never seen the show before. And... You have to make it for the people, obviously, at the same time with the nostalgia factor. So I need to at least maybe even if you open it with like a 10-minute rewind of what's ahead for us with certain characters. They didn't do none of that. Also, dropping on Netflix tomorrow is You People. Uh, the um, the Netflix movie, I'm trying to remember who dropped, who wrote it with Jonah Hill. Kenya. Kenya it's Kenya and Burris. Kenya Burris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenya Burris. Jonah Hill co-wrote it. It stars Jonah Hill, Lauren London, Eddie Murphy, Julia Dreyfus. Nia Long and a host of others loved it. Really, really enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, I think that's it. Have you been watching The Last of Us? Yeah. Um, I like the second episode better than the first episode, but I'm I, the there's that's another one where it's not inaccessible, but I think there's a whole bunch of things that I've seen people going crazy about that are nods to a game that I've never played. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm surprised. Uh, I did not like the, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't like the second film or second episode. Um, I, the only part of that episode I really liked was the shootout scene. I did play the first game a little bit, so I've kind of got a little bit of the understanding of what, what's going on. But at the same time, I, I, uh, 
I don't know if I love it. I don't know. It's if I been love the it. opening sequences that I've enjoyed the most, which is probably where Craig Mazin puts in his flourishes. You know, I liked the opening the table setter in the yeah. pilot, but the cold opening in episode two was pretty emotionally devastating. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I love the opening and I love the fight sequence, you know, with the thingies in between that episode. Outside of that, I haven't really been fond of it, but uh, it's, it's a good way to bide my time until Pedro Pascal returns to the role he was born to play opposite. Grogu and Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. The man. I was sad to see him die in that one. The but, Mandalorian. Uh, I've never seen it, um, but yeah, it's because you I, don't uh, appreciate greatness on the football field or on the television screen. <laughs> or maybe it's overrated, just like John Elway. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't, Something don't, Patrick Mahomes voter would say. <laughs> I can't help that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the AFC West history. It's, it is what it is. You know what I mean? I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm kidding with that statement. But that said, next week, I actually, I get this, uh, next week there's uh, several movies that come out. No, is it next week? Yeah, it's next week. Yeah, so 80 for Brady comes out next week. I'm yeah, I'm seeing, excited about that. I'm seeing it Saturday. Very, very excited about it. Not just because I'm a Brady fan, but also because I'm a Brady fan. But It just looks kind of funny, though, too. Like, it's going to be like the perfect balance. I've watched 25 films this week. I'm ready to watch something else that's just going to be stupid. But then also, I see Knock on the Cabin, Knock at the Cabin on Tuesday. Kind of whatever about that. M. Night Shyamalan is either hit or miss. So I'd be interested with that one. But uh, February, March, we're ramping up for a big movie season. Um, I'm very excited about it. Fox, thanks for joining me today. I've had a blast. Um, saying how much how wrong you were about the wrong MVP guy, all that good stuff. But you know, Matthew Fox is my guy forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. So I don't know. Any parting words for uh, the fans at home? The millions. I, hope, I hope we have some competitive games this week. That's all we need. I hope the 49ers blow out the Eagles. So other than that, no Eagles fans listening to this part of the podcast. So I don't have to worry about the death threats. So we'll talk to you guys next week. I hope you enjoy your rewatch of After Sun this week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.